0: Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality. I'm Sydney DeLorean, and I'm here. This is kind of a big get for me. We have Mark Kameyer on the line. What's going on, Mark?
1: Wow, a big get. What a, what, what a positive thing. To, thank you. Thank you for that. Hi.
0: <laughs> well, you're host of the Mark Talk podcast. Um, I am. Which has thousands of listeners.
1: Thousands upon thousands. I can't even uh, begin to start counting them.
0: People are like, man, I want to know about this stuff. I better find out what Mark has to say about it. And you, it, you do a lot of, um, what would you call the genre that you cover? I don't want to say geekdom because I feel like that's stupid.
1: It's not stupid. You pretty much nailed it. It is. I am the, uh, the one-stop shop network for uh, most of the kind of geek sphere. If that's even a word, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a word. The geekosphere, uh, everything from your uh, the superhero genre, whether it's TV or most likely the films, uh, to lots of cool things in sci-fi, uh, fantasy. Uh, I talk a lot about Game of Thrones, especially right now because. Game of Thrones is coming back, so there's lots to talk about. And uh, yeah, I basically cover as much of the geek spectrum as I possibly can.
0: Um, so people should definitely subscribe to Mark Talk because this is the final season of Game of Thrones. It's like kind of a big deal.
1: Uh, yeah, um, it's a very big deal. <laughs> it's sad.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I myself am only on season two. Uh, oh my God. But, um, That's okay. That's yeah, okay. listen, it's, it took me a while to get into it. It's mostly because if I watch television alone, I don't sit down and pay, like, I don't focus on it because I'm crafting or whatever. And oh, sure. so Game of Thrones is not a show that you can watch while you're, um, sewing a new dress.
1: You know, you... <laughs> no, no it, it is a show that definitely demands your time and attention uh, because and I'm finding out more about this uh, or finding more that uh, during my rewatch of the whole series, there are things even early on in the show that uh, you don't think about at first, but then the further you go on. You realize, oh, wait a minute, what they just did was a callback to two seasons ago. Wow, I should have really been paying attention during that episode.
0: Well, that's the beauty of, like, really well-written television is that you can watch and re-watch a series and you discover more each time. Um, I agree. Yeah. Which, and it's nice because instead of, like, flipping through, oh, we're in the era of prestige television, what should I watch? You're just like, no, I'll just watch Game of Thrones again and then we're good.
1: <laughs> and the, the, the horrible irony about that is it is a prestige era of television and what do I watch? I don't know. There's too much. There's too much, Sydney. There's too much to watch.
0: There is too much. I just, I really focus on... um,
1: And a lot of it's really, really good, and that's what makes it even more frustrating.
0: Yeah, we don't have the time or uh, emotional capacity, really, to take it all no. in.
1: <laughs> I work. I have a job. <laughs> and uh, it's, unfortunately, it's not just the podcast. I would love to get to a point to where I can do that.
0: Um, we all would. I, uh, I recently said, I just want to reach a level of fame where strangers buy me stuff off my Amazon wish list. Oh, Um, that's
1: the dream. Well, uh, you have to, (laughs) I was gonna say, you probably have to, uh, reach out into a different kind of demographic for stuff like that to happen.
0: Yeah, you have to be like a thirst trap queen, which definitely isn't me. I just know, like, the chicks on Teen Mom get that, but (laughs) I'm... I'm too old and I'm, I've been surgically sterilized. So like, I'm not going to be on teen mom. It's not going to happen for me.
1: Yeah. You, uh, you don't fit the demographic, apparently. No.
0: So I don't know how else (laughs) I can, um, yeah, get people to buy me
1: stuff. (laughs) That just, just saying the title got me heated. I despise that show so hard. Oh,
0: Oh. let's unpack it. What do you just, what, what about it upsets you?
1: What it upsets me. the situation doesn't upset me because I know teen pregnancies happen, obviously, I know that what upsets me is why do we have to exploit it on m t v you know and it's and they're not going out of their way to uh exploit teen mothers that actually have i know it's kind of a weird thing to say, but there are teen moms out there that have a sort of semi level head on their shoulders obviously not completely because hey I'm a teen mom but at least a somewhat level head but that's MTV says no no let's let's go find like the trashiest kids we can find and like with the most horrible situations possible some of it may or may not be fabricated a lot of it would shock you of how true it is mm-hmm. uh, but it's just it's i just I, I can't i can't with that show i will tell you
0: it is a, it is a show that i i'm not up i'm not up to date on but i have watched a lot of and <laughs> which is, i don't know what about it appeals to me maybe because when i feel like super overwhelmed with life I can put that on and feel like okay, I'm doing okay. I'm keeping my head above water better than these people. Um, you would
1: say you would say this is a, your your guilty pleasure TV. Uh,
0: yeah, maybe. And the the thing that is so unsurprising about this show is there's one girl, Chelsea, who has a pretty. Stable family. Her parents are supportive. And Uh lo and behold, she was a teen mom and then she graduated beauty school and got a job as a beautician and like bought a house and like waited five years till she like met a new guy and got married. And you're like, Oh wow, what a surprise. The girl with the stable family was able to kind of overcome this circumstance. And then all the other girls whose families are a mess um they never really get their shit together.
1: I... No, they they never do. And, and it's like, hey, you know what? Let's film them. Let's let's film them just absolutely collapse right before our eyes. I just, you know, I'm sure some people love it and some people will disagree with me. That's fine. I have a reputation of uh having a disagreeable opinion <laughs> on things. It's it's cool.
0: I yeah, I I mean, I feel like because I am. I do watch the show Intervention. It's something that my boyfriend and I watch together. Oh,
1: sure. It's it's hard not to watch that one.
0: Yeah, and then we recently finished this series called Love After Lockup, which is also a train wreck. Ooh, it's people. Is it? Yes, it's people who start dating someone in prison, and then it follows them as that person gets released, and it is. <laughs> The producer know they know what they're doing when they pick these train wrecks and like oh of course it's and so like yeah maybe I, I I'm not a great person for using the the misfortune of others but like it does give me a good perspective and maybe this will bring us into like the topic of today's show but like i tend to beat myself up a lot about stuff Um,
1: i'm gonna go i'm gonna go on a limb and say it's not that you are a terrible person because if you are then the uh thousands to millions to whomever uh watch that show are also guilty so yeah well or You're in I'm, good company i guess
0: yeah um but yeah i i tend to i tend to be harsh on myself and i i hold myself to maybe high highest standards and i i beat myself up that i'm not doing enough or i'm not doing well enough in life but then like i watch shows like that and it it makes me feel a little bit better um sure, yeah so so yeah it uh i don't know it lessens well, that's
1: a yeah, there, there's a segue if I've ever heard one.
0: Um, so the the topic that I wanted to do this show about, and it's not like a firm topic, but I wanted to talk about dating with mental illness, um, which is something that I think about a lot as someone with some mental health issues. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how to unpack or get into this.
1: Well, uh you, you came to the right guy because, uh, you're in good company because I myself have uh, that's why actually, I was kind of excited to talk about this, um, maybe excited the wrong word, but I was going, Oh, I can talk about that because it, it, uh, hits a little close to home. Um, as uh, mental illness runs very deep in my family and, uh, it did not skip a generation spoiler alert. So yeah, that's, so that's uh, that's been a thing.
0: Okay. Um, so, yeah. so I figured we don't know each other very well. Um, I've listened to your podcast. You've listened to mine, but mm-hmm. I was like, how do I gently ask, like, do you have a history of some mental illness problems? Um, cause this, I mean, on this show, it's kind of no holds barred and I like, sure. I'm pretty open about it. And, um, I read this article. It was in, Uh, I believe the New York Times, Maria Bamford wrote an article for them in 2017. And it was, um, about, um, meeting her husband. And so she was saying in it, you know, she has some serious mental health issues, um, and she's been hospitalized several times. And she kept thinking in her life, Oh, well, when I'm, when I get better, I'll be worthy of love. And she, you know, had never had a relationship that lasted longer than a year because it's just like, I don't want to be a burden to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finally met her husband and realized like in her last hospitalization, she was seeing people get visits from their family. And these are people who get hospitalized regularly, but they still have a spouse, you know, and they have a good relationship with their kids. And she realized that she could be loved like even having a mental illness someone could love her for that um
1: oh oh of course
0: and that like hit really close to home because I have a similar thing because I want people to love me for I guess the version of me that I want to be which isn't always reality and um
1: the well that was gonna be yeah that would be my follow-up to that it's like well what version of yourself do you want them to that they, do you want people to li- like you for?
0: I I guess I used to have this thing where I wanted um people I wanted to be loved for the best version of me and I wanted what I wanted out of a partner I guess was someone to hold me to this impossible standard so I would have to constantly be perfect or something and the the last time that I was in a relationship I I was single for Three or four years, um, but before that, I was dating someone for six months, and I had a depressive episode. And my way of dealing with it was just to break up with them because it's just like I can't be in a relationship right now. I'm depressed. Sure. And um for me, I say depression is a lot like herpes, where when you start dating with someone, you, you know you're never you're never going on dates and meeting people. When you're depressed, you know, you're not having a flare up. And so I, I have always warned people, Hey, I have depression, but like they don't see it. It's not real to them. Um,
1: of and, course. Yeah. I, I understand.
0: And so then, you know, you have this flare up and it's like they don't know what to do about it. And you don't know what to do about it. Like it's, it's really hard to, and, and you feel like a burden. Um, yeah. Because it's like, hey, guess what? Like, I know you love me, but there are going to be times where I am just like an empty shell of flesh.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, um, I, um,
0: and how do you explain that to someone? And how do you find someone who's okay with that?
1: The, the problem is you never really know if you found someone who's okay with it until you bring it up. Until you bring it to the forefront and let them know, okay. Here's the deal. Now, maybe you don't open up with that, Mm -hmm. uh, like like on the first date. Lord knows just there's other things to talk about that could make the date go awry without even bringing bringing that up. So, yeah, I just but it's definitely something that is uh, that needs to be talked about, especially if you're going to continue seeing a person regularly. Uh, that's something they need to know before they just get hit with, uh, with an episode out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, if if people like us, that's, that's gonna happen, you know, whether we want it to or not. It's just, it's going to happen because that's just the way our, uh, our brains are wired. Quite literally. Yeah, Um,
0: it's, um, it's weird because, like, you know, when you are feeling good, you think,
1: man, like, I beat
0: that. Like, I'm oh
1: God, yeah. That's uh, that's literally my thought. It's like ah, I beat that, and you know, kind of. It's it. This may be kind of a digression, but that's sort of that was one of my uh, my greatest uh, accomplishments at the time. I thought uh, was in junior year of high school. I finally got off my antidepressants because I chose to beat it. I said, you know what? I, I don't need these anymore. I was like, I, I've I've been on these since eight. I was eight years old. I think at uh, seventeen, I'm inclined to choose whether or not I think I need these. And I said, you know what? I don't. And I'm going to see how that happens. And for like a full year, I kind of w- sat back and waited, and I waited for the moment where it was just going to get too much and go, I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But I but that moment never came. It, it, it just I don't know what it may maybe it was uh, the atmosphere. Things were going good uh, at that point in my life for once and so you know said you know what i beat it i totally I, I beat you depression suck it depression i beat you i don't i don't i don't need this and long story short that i didn't beat it you never really beat it but uh i chose to get off the end the meds and uh I've, I've stayed off of them even when you know times have gotten really really hard and sometimes i feel like it would be easier to get back on them Uh, But yeah, I I remember that moment where I said, you know what, I'm not taking these anymore. And uh, yeah, and I I felt good. It it felt like I accomplished a goal.
0: I mean, get well, uh, getting off antidepressants is very, very difficult, especially uh, it's astonishing how young of an age that you started them
1: at oh yeah <laughs> and then
0: the time in your life at a teenager that you went off them because mm. it's it's something you're not warned about before you start taking them is that um hey these are really chemically addicting and it's going to be hell to go off of them and it's going to it's just such a hard and bizarre experience um i'm fairly anti antidepressant um just because it, it turns out that largely their effect is placebo effect um
1: yep So they just they just keep putting weight on you and it makes you feel worse. And then, you know, I just said, what's the point in these pills?
0: I I sometimes go I'll I'll go to the health food store and I I like openly admit like I'm shopping for snake oil and it'll be like, (laughs) all right, I'm having a depressive episode working out's not making it go away. I feel Mm -hmm. terrible. I'm waking up crying. What fucking snake oil can I? Talk myself into today, and I'll be like, Oh, you know, a B complex vitamin, a like reishi mushroom latte mix, sure. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of my thing where I i admit to myself that what I'm doing is buying a uh, snake oil, but it's like, Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I just really don't want to go it's back. It's your
1: substitution.
0: Yeah. And I just, because yeah. I don't want to go back on meds, and I know that's not what's going I to work. So, yeah. Um yeah. so yeah um what in your experience has dating been like uh, as someone with depression have you dated other people with depression is that like
1: funny enough uh the now i don't know what i haven't i've i've had very few like long lasting relationships in my life, you can attribute that to my personality or my condition, whatever it, nevertheless. Uh, so dating throughout my life was kind of scarce, but, uh, the ones that I did date funny enough, no, they had no, no symptoms, no, no history of, uh, depression or anything like that until, very fairly recently if you can believe it um and she actually had what's known as uh bpd are you you familiar with that one yeah Uh, that's
0: a big hitter
1: yeah the uh the, the old borderline personality disorder for those not in the know uh which when she finally kind of let me know about that i i did some some digging around i go okay what exactly am i getting into here and then what really scared me was all the symptoms I read sounded like something else that I'm familiar with called bipolar depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with, without getting too deep into it, and, I mean, we can. It's, it's fine. I don't mind talking about it. But uh, bipolar depression is something that very, very heavily runs in my family. I don't I don't have bipolar. I've never been diagnosed with it, uh, but close, close family members have been, let's put it that way. So I'm uh me and Bipolar, we've met. Mm -hmm. I'm 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 not uh blind to it. So when I started looking at the symptoms about uh, uh BPD, I go, Oh no, is that what I'm dealing with here? Because I can do it, but that's a that is a monster in and of itself. Uh you know, no, that's not a pun. It's just, uh, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That's a big thing to to deal with. But as it turns out, that is actually a big misconception. Uh, the differences between, uh, or people think BPD is bipolar and vice versa, but no, they're very distinctive. And uh, the biggest difference is bipolar. You can go long periods of time without having an episode. Uh, you can have, uh, you can, you could go like a full year feeling pretty great. And then as soon as that year is up, you're back to having episodes like all at once. Uh, It can happen that way, depending on what medication you're on or depending on just how bad it is for you. Whereas BPD is the way I understand it. It's the mood shifts and the things that are similar to bipolar kind of happen on a more day to day basis. You Mm -hmm. almost, you almost never know, right? You, You, you flip a coin, like, what's it going to be today? Oh, I'm not getting out of bed for eight days. Great. Uh, you know, And then, but then the next day you go, you know what? I'm going for a hike. And, you know, And then the next day I'm going to go yell at someone for no reason. Uh, it's just it's kind of unpredictable. So very recently I was dating someone that had this. And, she, and to her credit, she did let me know up front. She's like, OK, this is kind of something you need to know about me.
0: Which is because borderline personality disorder is definitely um, in in the mental health care community. Um, mental health care workers have a really hard time even working with people with borderline. Um, it's it's difficult to treat, and the, people with borderline personality disorder can be downright unlikable. <laughs>
1: like, oh yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm guarantee you, without even knowing it, I've met a few.
0: Yeah what what was the what was the end result so she tells you hey this is a thing and you're like oh I better google this when I get home and then
1: and uh yeah she <laughs> I kind of did that but then she almost did the legwork for me where she goes by the way here's this thing and she sent me a link and oh. I said oh wow <laughs> I was like oh wow you already have this on which leads me to believe that She's had this conversation before.
0: I mean, I'm Um, impressed. This is very good on her because she is arming you with all of the information you need to make an educated decision, which is what I always say in relationships. Like, you know, if you have an STI, just tell the other person so you can have a dialogue and they can make an informed decision. Like if you have a mental illness. Yeah, I mean, she's I she's she's blowing it. uh, She's blowing it away right now.
1: Oh, she, she's well versed, very, yeah. very intelligent. That's, you know, her, her condition be damned. She, that does not take away from her, uh, her ability to, uh, spread knowledge. And that's what it's, that's what it's <laughs> all about. That's what it's all about. But, uh, as far as end result goes, that aspect of, of herself isn't really what killed the relationship. And I, 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 don't, I almost don't even want to say killed because we're, we're still in each other's lives. We just don't, uh, we, we're not, we're not consistently dating, you know, we're, we're still, we're still maintaining, a I I guess a healthy friendship, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. Uh, there are other contributing factors, but that's a subject for another show, yeah. which I'll ha- which I'll happily come on and talk about. But- <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it just, I, but I could tell there were days, um, where it was impossible just to get her, not even to talk to me, just to get her, uh, to step outside. It's like, you know, like I, I might be busy today, but I would really love to see you. And it's just like, yeah, it's just not happening today. I was like, what if I just swing by your place? It's like, you can do that, but I'm not getting out and things like that. Uh, there were, there were times where, she would be really, really excited to do something. And then she plan it for a week and then day of no go.
0: Yeah. Y- mm-hmm. You know,
1: and, um, you know, and she, and she, she didn't really hide behind excuses. She just straight up telling me, she's like, look, I, I just, I have to sleep for 11 hours. Like right now. Like, okay.
0: I mean, um, I get it. Cause I, yeah. my, so my diagnosis from several psychologists was bipolar two disorder, which I'm Uh very, very fortunate that I have not had any sort of notable manic episodes, uh, lately. Um,
1: good for you. That's awesome.
0: Because I, I heard once, um, someone said, uh, depression is letting your life fall apart around you and mania is actively destroying your life. And I can, (laughs) I can definitely say that that is true and oh, yeah. I used to like really fuck up my life when I'd be manic and I would fuck up my relationships like be like why I can't be tied down. I'm going to break up with him. Like, cause one of the things with mania is like hypersexuality. And it'd be like, I just want to fuck everyone. And then like, I'd break up with my partner and be like, man, I, I don't really want to fuck everyone. I really <laughs> wish like, I wouldn't have you bro- don't come
1: to think of it. That's not a great idea. I yeah. Don't that's do any of that. I don't, I can't exhausting.
0: really get into all that. And then what I would learn <laughs> is when I was having manic episodes that i would just stay put and be like just don't don't leave your house don't Mm -hmm. touch your wallet because
1: (laughs) oh there's oh lord
0: there's nothing that you can do right now like you're gonna Uh. you're gonna fuck shit up so just sit (laughs) the fuck down and like repaint your bathroom or like You know, that's don't
1: online shop. Do not uh, online shop. Just put the laptop away. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, I hear you. Just work
0: on some crafts or do something, but like maybe don't talk to people right now because you're going to say shit you don't mean. And like, so I definitely get that. Hey, not, Mm -hmm. not feeling great right now. Probably shouldn't see you. And it's really hard for like the other person to not take it personal. Like,
1: if, yeah, I agree.
0: If the person you're dating is horribly horribly depressed, it's mm-hmm. really hard not to say, "What am I doing to cause this? What can I do to fix this?" because you just want to fix things instead of going, "It's like the flu, you got to let it run its course. You, there's nothing you can do." <laughs> like, "Make sure yeah, they stay I, hydrated."
1: That's that's exactly right. I ha- I have to explain that to some people as well, like cuz there I have days where uh, luckily for me these days, the depression doesn't uh, leave me debilitated. You know, I can still do things, but it's it's more like, there. I'm going to have days where I'm not going to text you. I'm not going to call you. You're like You're not going to hear from me. there, And it's nothing personal on you. That's just a me thing. I don't want to interact with humans today, like, at all. Yeah. And I- you, you're, you're just going to have to accept that I'm going to have those days and just not take it personally. But it always does people, people
0: they do they take everything personally
1: yeah if, if, they, if they don't if they people that don't understand the the mental illness they because they don't have it or they just don't understand it they'll then it, it's it's everything is about them you know it's, it's just like it's music uh you're not paying attention to me today. Me 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 it's like because i can't deal with anybody right now. It has nothing to do with specifically you unless it does and that's fine but it whatever it's 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 mainly a people thing in at least in my uh in my area.
0: Um yeah, i've had to uh, humans are inherently uh solipsistic and like they only think about things in regards to how it affects them. And yeah, if you don't return a text for a week, they think that you don't like them or care. And it's very hard to explain to someone who's never had depression that like the act of formulating a thought and then putting it into text can be like it's just exhausting to even think about. And you have to maintain a job Mm -hmm. like that's the thing is like, yeah, for me. okay, I have eight or nine hours a day that I have to turn it on and pretend to be okay and Mm. so by the time I get home if I'm having a depressive episode I can't even watch a movie like I can't watch a movie I can't read a book I can't do anything I've had times where I'll just stare at a wall for three hours till I fall asleep because like I had my wad I shot it at work just maintaining it and then Mm -hmm. you know and so yeah interpersonal relationships are They do take a lot of energy. And if you're barely able to shower, I've like had those days where I just, I shave like one leg and I'm just like, I can't even. Do the other one? Oh God! I'm,
1: I'm, I'm wondering if it, if it'll ever get to the point where I just shave half my face and just like let the other half be a beard. Like, no, I'm just not feeling it anymore today. I uh, um.
0: I ran into a friend once. We hadn't seen each other in years, and I ran into him when he was getting kicked out of a gas station for being homeless and crazy. Um, but that oh, wow. is exactly what was going on. Was that he had completely shaved half of his face, uh, including the eyebrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he he's maintaining consistency He's going to go hairless on the face
0: Just the whole thing, yeah And I'm happy to report that he's actually doing well now And has a job good, and good. a home That's- and stuff um, but that's always like that's a weird state to run into someone you haven't seen yeah. in a while. It's
1: like it's like, bro, I know you're, I know you're doing bad, but you need both eyebrows. You just, you just <laughs> need it. You need them both.
0: Step number one in getting your life back on track and entering <laughs> mainstream society:
1: two eyebrows. Yeah. Two eyebrows. I mean, you can either have them both or don't have any. I mean, you can't. You can't have one. You yeah. can't have one. It's just, just not the way it works. No but you know but but the texting thing that's 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 an interesting thing because i find that dating and texting is this they go they're a, it's a game that go hand in hand and i hate the game i absolutely hate it because for me a text shouldn't be hard and in some regards it's not you just simply say hi but now here's the thing you can't just say hi because High is so bland and boring, and high, there's no emphasis on anything. You can't convey tone on text, so when you just send a simple high, it's, it looks unenthusiastic, and then therefore uh, the person on the other end thinks, Wow, it really took them effort to just say hi. This person is not even worth my time anymore. Yeah, why aren't they sending me I don't know how like Where is all the emojis and the and the exclamation? There should be three exclamation marks at minimum after this I and hi. But no, there's no exclamation marks. This person's not excited to see me. When the reality is this person's just kind of like if I say what's up, that sounds corny. If I say how you doing, that's going to, uh, no, what do I say? What do I say? I got it. I'll keep it simple and smooth. Hi. Hi. And that just wasn't good enough. No, this you, is, uh, yeah, this you is have what to happens. like,
0: there's no way to start like a spitballing conversation through text. Like there's just I, no way.
1: I had a, uh, I had a, a lady friend one time who despised the fact that if, if she sent you a text and your response was, Hey, uh, she absolutely would go off the rails because she hated that so much. Like just K. Okay. and all the question. all I did was say like, "I, where do you want to meet?" And she would give me a response, and I go, "Okay, yeah." Uh, d- is that mean? D- did I need anything more than that? Evidently, I did because next thing you know, I'm getting my head shoot off. I'm like, whoa! Oh man! And she was a friend of mine, so I, I had no no problem going like. OK, slow your roll and <laughs> let's let's not let's not go there because you're going to really offend somebody if you do this to them. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Jeez. I'm I'm very cool headed, but uh, uh, I, I thought that was hilarious. So me being me, every every time I would text her, I would always end things with a K.
0: You just have to. OK,
1: just a simple K, just to mess with her mind because I knew she hated it so much. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, that the texting world is a whole thing and it's like um it's like a love language that people have now where if if you're dating you have to con you have to be constantly connecting throughout the day. Like you have to yep. be sending memes. And for me, I'm just I've never been that type of person. Like my best Ugh. friends I see maybe once a month. I have one friend who I see her maybe twice a year. She, I mean, we don't live in the same state, but like we don't talk regularly through text. We just – when can we get together and then Mm -hmm. that's when we talk and so the sort of having to talk to someone all day every day and share the memes and stuff and I'm like, dude, I'm like – I have a job. I'm trying to read a book like (laughs) – I'm, yeah, I, I, get, I haven't even my, finished Game of Thrones and you're fucking blowing up my phone. I don't have shit to say to you. I have to pay attention. There's <laughs>
1: things happening. <laughs> There's like, subtitles. On Actually, I find that if you if you tell them that now via text, like, I need you to maintain silence. I'm watching Game of Thrones. A lot of them will go, oh, 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 yeah. You,
0: you do you. Yeah. I mean, my boyfriend would really love it if I was that serious and committed to it because that's like <laughs> his show. And he has a buddy who's a retired police detective, um, that he watches it. They watch it together every Sunday. And I'm Mm -hmm. very excited to meet this buddy because he's a retired police detective. He's worked on some big cases. Um, and he's kind of like a surrogate father to my boyfriend. So my boyfriend's like, can you please get caught up on Game of Thrones so you can, you know, watch (laughs) it with us? I'm like, yes, because I want to get into the fam um yeah. i want to talk about crime stuff with this guy but uh you know i am just not i'm just not rolling with it quick enough it's
1: not it's not, it's not happening for you as quickly as they'd like it and that you know and i can understand that i've uh, i've talked to a lot of people that it, it's taken them a while and uh, but eventually they come around so i i can tell you if you stick with it, I, I assure you, you're you're before you know it, it'll get its hooks deep into you.
0: I just can't binge watch it. It's um, I've never. Oh. I'm not super sensitive. Like I watch, I read medical journals and I watch like surgery videos, and none sure. of that bothers me. But there have been some things on Game of Thrones that have stirred me up a little bit, and I've had to, you know, <laughs> do a, a pause for diarrhea. And, um, <laughs> and so it's not something that I can just like crank out, you know, uh, ah, the
1: beauty of game of Thrones. I, I tell people before they start, I said, it's got everything. And I get, I give them all the, I list all of the things that are disturbing at first. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I see their, their faces change, I go, Oh, but don't worry. There's also this, 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 it's got it all.
0: Yeah. I probably would, I would roll. I, I think I'm getting like softer as I get older. Um, and things just affect me more. And so if it weren't quite so graphic, I probably could roll with it faster. And Zach has offered to tell me when to cover my eyes or fast forward, but then I would be missing plot points. So it's like, hey, you know, you got to power through. Um, yeah,
1: it, and it, it is, a, it is a violent and sometimes disturbing show. I won't, I won't lie to you, but, uh, and, and you're, you're in season two. It's only going to get a little bit worse the further you go along. See, I might. <laughs> it's 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 great it's great storytelling though like if you if you watch it uh for the overall picture you can say like, all right i will i'll i can stand with a little blood and gore i guess if as long as i get to know what uh, what's happening over here in this realm
0: i'm just concerned cuz all these bitches are like horny all the time and they're totally <laughs> dtf these guys And if it were me, I'd be like, all right, men, can you please work on developing indoor plumbing, like, some sort of, like, city infrastructure so that I can wash my puss (laughs) regularly? Because I I tell you what, before I want – before I'm, like, horny just to, like, fucking suck and fuck some dude, I want to have a shower, and I want him to have a shower. And so I would be like, can you guys stop killing each other? I know winter's coming, but, like – can we get oh, some
1: you, Oh you don't even know. You don't even know. Winter is coming so hard.
0: I just like, can we get some aqueducts first? Can we get something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the the realm of Westeros is, is uh <laughs> that hasn't graced their presence just yet. I don't <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. So
0: and like maybe in this realm like, you know, pussies don't stink and dicks don't get cheesy, but like
1: Oh, make no mistake about it, because I've read the books. Uh dicks stink. And the uh-huh. pussy stinks. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The, the books go into more detail of that it, uh, than the shows do. Thank God, because you want to talk about some cringeworthy stuff. The books go into a little too much detail sometimes, but it's it's I just but I can't look away. I, I just can't. I mean, that that show just hits me right in the spot uh, that it needs to hit for me to just pour my love into it. But I understand what you're saying. Um. Uh it's just, what do you do? What do? I don't know.
0: I will tell you this. When I was in New Mexico recently, the fun thing about being in New Mexico is that you ask yourself if every um, fat dude with glasses is George R.R. Martin. Um,
1: <laughs> Does he have a gray beard? Does he have glasses? Is he fat? Those are the cr- three criterias.
0: I saw a guy at Whole Foods that like, I was fairly certain was him. Like, It was close, but I had to <laughs> memorize the bone structure um, and then, like, look on my phone when I got back to the car to be like, okay, was uh, that him? And it wasn't. But it was like it's you, a fun game. It's it's pretty much the only fun to be had in New
1: Mexico. You know how I I could already tell you it wasn't him. How? Because George R. R. Martin would never walk into a Whole Foods. Oh really? If he did, he'd be fifty pounds lighter. <laughs> I'm sorry, George. If you're obviously you're listening, I'm sorry. But I need you to stay healthy, and I need you to finish those books, okay? Thank you. Well,
0: the only grocery stores they have in Santa Fe are Whole Foods and Sprouts. But, you know, they got bakeries, too. So,
1: Well, all right. Then if if it turns out that Mr. Martin does, in fact, shop at Whole Foods because he has no choice, then I retract my statement. Yes. But uh, but I'm looking at the guy, and he don't look he don't look like he eats much of the whole food. Well, I will thoroughly uh, unless we're talking about the whole food. So <laughs> That's a bad joke. I apologize nope. to all your listeners.
0: No, they love it. They love it. Well, I'll do some research, and by that I mean I'll like ask on Twitter um, if he eats at Whole Foods, and then we can that, talk about it in an updates episode. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, that'd be great! Yeah, does George R. R. Martin eat old foods? Is he shopping simply truth? Which one is it?
0: Um, these are the hard hitting topics that we tackle. In um, I was I almost called this the Samoche podcast. You um, almost
1: did. I heard it. I was like, oh, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm it's just here. It's, it's an
0: extension.
1: <laughs> It's, it's your show, I'm just here for the ride. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a uh, weird to not call it that, but it that's not it anymore. Um No. So, but feel free to listen to our back catalog because those episodes are still available and they're great. Um, they are great. So, yeah. Uh <laughs> so mental illness am i right what a bummer <laughs> what a bummer
1: so i was that the thought had just hit me like oh my god we derailed the topic of conversation so hard this, uh. i'm gonna
0: rename this game of depression uh yeah. oh brilliant yeah there we go but yeah. i think like the the real nut of this topic is like if you people need to be strong and like um how should i articulate this they should be strong and like secure in themselves before going into a relationship no matter what but particular,
1: that, that's true but i i would feel like i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt i'm just saying uh uh self-secure like insecurity is a is a real real bitch especially with depression I don't, i'm sure i don't have to tell you yeah uh and, and so yeah it's, it's kind of hard i would just i would just add to it uh Communication, communication, communication is, is key, especially if uh, if you are one of those uh, going through the uh, the mental illness train, and and you're with someone that you think or hope can cope with it or deal with it, or I don't know, it just it just communication is very much key because you know some people don't know how to deal with that, and uh, you know, and you don't want to feel like any more of a burden than you might already feel so but it's just better to let people know uh not on the first date though let let things just play out uh, organically
0: uh yeah I always let them know on the first date i'm a I'm a real gem <laughs> um but yeah I feel like you know if somebody if you date someone who had cancer and then they're they their cancer comes back like you don't take that personally but if you date someone who had depression and it comes back or they have anxiety or they have you know if they have anxiety and they don't want to go out with you it's like oh where's my fun girlfriend that used to go do stuff with me and now she won't leave Mm. the house or she doesn't want to go out with me or she doesn't like like people take that personally and so it's you need to find somebody who's able to be i guess chill enough to not be like oh this is about me and edu- you know how- yeah. this thing with like sending that the girl sent like links and stuff i think is really cool just to help them educate so like when it does happen it's like you know when you have epilepsy telling people around you hey i might have a seizure when it happens this is what you do um
1: see that's Im- that's important things to know right off the bat i think i don't know i've never dated someone with epilepsy so i haven't uh had that episode, but uh, yeah, I feel like that's probably something important to know. Yeah, like just
0: right off the bat. And it's just so, hey, bad stuff happens and we're this is how we're going to manage it. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I know it was in a four-year relationship that, um, you know, in hindsight, I'm able to identify was like very abusive. Uh, but a lot of the stuff um, that happened, like he would take personal and blame me uh for things and related to my mental illness and it just really sucked because it was like I would try to fake being okay or whatever so as not to like offend him um
1: sure yeah and that's, that's always uh... like
0: I if hey if someone comes to you and says like hey I have a uh, borderline personality disorder or, or I have anxiety disorder and it affects my life in these ways it's okay for you to say, you know what? I don't know that I'm emo- I'm equipped to handle that. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, s- someone when – I, when I was a kid, I babysat for this woman um, and she uh, went on a date and I babysat her kids. And when she came home, I said, how was it? And she goes, oh, he was really nice but he has schizophrenia and like he's in treatment but – I just don't know that I that's not something I'm willing to take on. And as a kid, I was like, I don't I guess I was super liberal because I was like, how dare she like, how (laughs) dare she stigmatize them? But like, as an adult, it's okay to say, hey, I'm a single mom with two kids. I can't enter a relationship with someone who has a mental illness that dramatically affects their
1: life. Like, yeah, no, especially that one that that one's another kind of that's a big one. That's a very big one, and it, it takes a very special kind of person to be able to uh, stick that one out.
0: Yeah, I don't date people with children because I'm not, like, emotionally equipped or, like, I don't have the desire to take all that on, right? Like, You
1: know, <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I Neither do I, and yet I have dated women with children multiple times, <laughs> and I don't and, – and I'm not quite sure why I do it. Because you think – you go, maybe I can do this. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know what it. You, know, I think it's just. It probably has just something to do with like. No, I've connected with this woman, and we have a good thing going on. And then, but then, as soon as the kid factor comes into play, it, it, all of a sudden I go, I start shutting down. I, I literally. Uh, this is going to sound horrible of me, but why not? We're talking. Yeah. I, I not that long ago. Actually, it was. Um, uh, the aforementioned uh, woman that I dated with with BPD, we took this long break from dating, and then uh, I dated somebody else. And that woman had like several children, and I said, eh, "You know what? It, it's fine. I'm just going to get to know her and see where you know where things go." Things started going pretty quickly uh, on the at least on the good side because we connected so well. But the problem was at one point. I still hadn't met her kids and I still, the thought in the back of my head was, Oh God, that's something I'm going to have to do. And it felt like
0: a chore or something that you dreaded
1: a little bit. And then it just, I don't know. And I don't want to say it it gave me horrible anxiety, but something happened because I basically kind of sabotaged the relationship. I said, you know, I'm not ready for this. I don't think I can do this anymore. And, uh, And that was, she did not take that very well because why would you and uh i just kind of had to bow out because that the the aspect of uh taking on a responsibility that may or may not have even been mine mm-hmm. uh was just the thought of it was a little too overwhelming for me and I, uh so I, yeah,
0: yeah i think it's good to like now you know your limitations up front and so <laughs> You're able to go like if someone has young children, you can say, God, I mean, in a different world, I would go for it. But in all things being what they are, I shouldn't because I I dated someone for four years who had a child and I didn't want kids and I never wanted to have kids. And it was such a point of stress in our relationship because like I didn't like spend like when we started dating, I was still drinking. And when I drank, mm-hmm. I thought everything was a great idea. I was a super fun. Oh, sure. I was a super fun drunk. So like, fuck yeah, I want to go to the chalk, the park and color with chalk. Like, fuck yeah, I want to do this or whatever. And like, <laughs> when I quit drinking, um, first thing was I had really bad panic attacks for a year, which is totally normal when you get sober. Sure. Um, and we discussed that in our episode on alcohol. Um but the other thing was then I started realizing like holy shit I'm now I'm in too deep I'm in this relationship where I knew I didn't want kids I knew I didn't want this life I didn't want someone depending on me or seeing me as a mom even if it's part time and now mm. I'm in it and then like yeah like what the fuck do you do cuz you already have feelings for the other person and it it's just was always a point of tension and it always would have been one um, and so it's been after that learning experience now i'm like yeah if you have kids unless they're old enough to be at college um this probably won't work out because it's just not you know
1: yeah that's just a that's just an aspect of of your your personality or your you know just it's how you feel about it and you you're not ready for that you're not you probably won't be ready for that and that's okay
0: no i uh, mean it's,
1: yeah it's I've, just it's just part of who you are
0: i i one of the things was when i was in that relationship i was very 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 deep in my eating disorder at the time and mm. i had an intense paranoia of like her giving it to the daughter because he had a daughter and i was like mm. this is a thing that i was trained behaviorally that like i learned from my mother and it would be my, like, I wouldn't wish this onto someone else, like, onto my worst enemy. And it, like, made me really paranoid to, like, was she going to pick up on this? Like, we're sitting down to dinner and Sydney's not eating. I don't want to eat. I want to be like Sydney. Sydney doesn't eat. Like, that sort of thing. And right, I just okay. was like, I was like, I don't want to be around this kid because I'm going to fuck it up. Um, and then, you know, after that, I also just, I it's just not a lifestyle I don't have I don't have the uh, financial or emotional reserves to be a parent, and right, I have, I yeah. have since had key parts of my reproductive system uh, incinerated. So um,
1: well, there you go. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. It is it is a it's a lifestyle decision. You know, don't uh, don't let anybody else tell you differently because it is. Yeah, and, and people are like, and, oh, and you when know. you're
0: older, I'm like, bitch,
1: I'm old. Bitch. <laughs> When you're older, you'll feel the same way. I, yeah, I was I was told that in my late 20s, and I said, "Oh, really? When I'm older, I'll feel differently." Yeah, when I'm dying, maybe. No, no <laughs> thank you.
0: Yeah, maybe when I'm in my 90s, I'll be like, I totally want to be a parent now. It's like,
1: oh, I should I should have totally had kids. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just not. It's not. No, the world doesn't need more kids. No, you know, especially especially right now. I don't want to bring kids into into this right now. God. Yeah, it's horrible. I, I feel bad for the kids that are in it right now. Like, I feel terrible, and then also again coming back full circle to teen moms. Like I don't want to. I don't want them to. I don't want that to be an example. You know? It's yeah. Like, Look, this this is horrible. I don't. I don't want it. No. I don't need to. that. Will give me more ex- anxiety than anything. Uh, thinking about bringing kids into the world. So you know, my parents have have long given up that that dream they they're like it's not gonna happen for you so I got a brother then maybe he'll, they, they can bet all their chips on him
0: oh do, your brother doesn't have kids yet either
1: no he's uh he's about to be 26 so I mean he's still got uh he's still got all there's the time, time left. in the world yeah. there's time left yeah yeah but, I uh, feel
0: like um me both my brother and I have been uh surgically sterilized um same thing with my cousins uh one set of cousins and then another set of cousins they both had kids they both got phds um and they had kids uh yeah they had a mildly healthier family but i think it says something about the family structure where like four out of six uh of the cousins like went to a surgeon and were like shut her down we're not, we're not <laughs> like perpetuating we have, this lineage. The buck stops shops, here. Shops,
1: yeah. Shops closed. We're, yeah. we're done here. We're not, uh, not moving forward. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to offend too many people. Like if, if you want to have kids, like if that's an ambition, go right ahead. Like yeah. Do, do your thing. It's just, there, there are people out there that don't have, especially now these days don't have that same desire to procreate. And, you know, it's just, I don't. I don't understand it. I um, <laughs> this here you go. I'll give you I'll give you one. I dated uh, a woman briefly briefly a few years ago uh, and she had overheard me say something to my mother and father just in jest. And I think it had to uh, deal with the whole I'm not having kids thing. So the next day uh, she sits me down at a coffee shop and she, and she said, let's talk about our future. Oh, my God. Go, yeah. <laughs> she, she said, do you see a future with us? And I go, well, do you? And she says, well, here's the thing, though. Like, I, I like I like what I'm doing now. She 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 worked uh, with uh, with the homeless shelters. You know, she does a lot of volunteer work and did a lot of a lot of charity things in her repertoire, which is completely commendable. She's a very sweet person. But she she tells me that her ultimate goal was to be a stay at home house mom in that she wants to stay at home, have kids, raise them and be able to stay home and raise them and then have enough time uh, uh, in her free time, (laughs) quote unquote free time to go do all her charity and world saving things. Which so is said, all
0: its all great and commendable if you have a partner who makes a lot of money.
1: Well, and that was my counter. I said, so your goal, even though you're a proclaimed feminist and all that, your goal is to be a 1950s house mom where you just stay in the house and shit out a bunch of kids and then uh, hope that you have lots of time left over to go do your charity work. I said, you sweetie you you you're hoping to marry a rich guy mm-hmm. and and i and that's when i realized that i said to her that i guess i guess this is where we part because i don't know that i'm ever going to have that kind of uh pull to give you the lifestyle that evidently you are very much clinging to to having and yeah, so, talk yeah. about a
0: pipe dream in this yeah. economy. I mean, <laughs>
1: come on. Most. I know. I, I just I didn't understand that, and uh, so I can I can say we we ended things mutually and without uh, disdain. But I was baffled by what she said. I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But okay, sure. Why not? Dare
0: to dream, girl. But you, your your time is ticking on that fertility yeah. until you meet <laughs> someone wealthy enough to support you.
1: Like, I mean, she was 24 when we had that talk. All right, so, so she has this was this was only a couple years ago. She has some but years,
0: but still, you has some the, years, but you know. yeah. I think it's like after 35, it's considered a geriatric pregnancy. Um,
1: <laughs> so I said, I, you you could be making that up, and it's or telling the truth. It's still funny. No, it's when you totally it.
0: the truth because once you turn 30, your fertility just starts like falling and so um a lot of women because the culture now you know over the past like 50 years since women go to college and have careers now and they get that going before deciding to have children and Uh it's kind of been told like you can have it all have a career get an education have a career and then start your family and then women don't even start trying to get pregnant until they're into their 30s and then they're like oh fuck it's not just like happening when you're in, when you're 20, you get pregnant on spring break, you know, like,
1: sure. Yeah. You go
0: back to some dude's mud hut and you bang and you get pregnant. And I know more than one person that that's happened to. Um,
1: <laughs> Hell, in your 20s, you don't even need full penetration. To no, have it happen.
0: just they have to come somewhere in the general vicinity and you're good. <laughs> but yeah, once yep. you turn 30, it starts falling. Um, oh, boy. I know. Yeah, it's it's weird. I had it was I before I even met um Mr. DeLorean in person, he's a phone person, which I appreciate. Let's talk about texting. Oh, and when oh, you're okay. when you're online dating and you have to like be having all these text conversations, and like you never get a feel for someone through text. Like you just no, don't, not at all. I once had great emails with this guy, and then I met him um on a date, and the dude had like full-blown autism which i'm not saying is a deal breaker but it's not what i expected based on the way he wrote but he had a master's in writing and he wrote like a normal person um
1: uh, but he was on the spectrum
0: he was like deep in the spectrum like oh boy closer to rain man than not you know what i'm saying and so Ooh, yeah so that's why i'm like you can you can text with someone all day long and think you're hitting it off and then you meet for dinner and it is Awkward as fuck.
1: I once- oh, I can't tell you how many first dates I've had, and that that was we went no further because we would only talk via text or you know uh, email or dating app. Ugh, I know. Hey, uh, we and then all in do person, it. Yeah, I know. We all do it. I I absolutely I hate myself when I. When I, I'm literally, if I, if I'm on a dating app and I'm just scrolling through, like swiping left or right, I'm literally going, I hate myself, I hate myself, I <laughs> hate myself, you know, I, I make a little song out of it, it's fine. But yeah, I've had many first dates that do not progress because they, in person, it's just, it's bad enough that I'm already feeling awkward anyway, but I can at least make good conversation, uh, or if I can't, I'm going to fake it to make it look like I can. Yeah, because you, you would, know how a
0: conversation works, because you're not an idiot. So you, because like, I'm a
1: I'm a I'm a functioning member of society. <laughs> god damn it! But sometimes on the other end, it's not reciprocated, and I just go, "Oh my god, what was it all for?"
0: Yeah, you're like, I just gave myself carpal tunnel texting with this person all week that I was <laughs> so excited to meet, and I I once that happened texting for a week. I'm so excited to meet. Um mm-hmm. thank god I I was like hey meet me for coffee before I have to go to work. Um 15 minutes in I checked my watch. Like
1: oh boy. And I just
0: was like Jesus fucking Christ. So, I appreciate that Mr. DeLorean is a phone person. So we <laughs> messaged a little bit um and then it was like hey here's my phone number and he's like when when are you free to like for me to call you. Um mm-hmm. and so we talked on the phone for like eight hours before we met in person um good god i know what like to,
1: what do you have to talk about for eight hours Like that's a lot
0: that? we're like it was like <laughs> teenagers I, I was like i was like yeah give me a call like we'll chat you know because like the way our schedules were we couldn't meet up for like a week and it was sure, like yeah. well let's not text for a week just call me whatever and so yeah we ended up spending like four hours one day and four hours the next day talking on the phone like between my shifts because i work doubles mm-hmm. and um anyways That was a long way to get to. Also, (laughs) he's a podcast person. He's also a talker. So conversations just happen. But part of that conversation before we ever met somehow came up. I was like, hey, just so you know, I had my tubes tied. So like let me just (laughs) – Just
1: just throwing that in there for you. Yeah, and
0: I was like I'm not saying that because I'm like, hey, I'm ready to take some loads. I'm saying that because (laughs) – we seem to be hitting it off and like if you wanted children in your future i need you to know that like that's not an option for me um yeah. and
1: you see you did that's that's correct that's the right way you approach that that's how you say it that's how you you present the situation uh i don't maybe not gently but i mean uh casually like okay look before we progress and, and as you say before you drop the loads ready to <laughs> re- ready to uh you know oil up the baby factory put the pause on it and let me tell you what's up
0: yeah it's just it's i'm very much even though it can give me a lot of anxiety to tell people how i feel or whatever um, it gives me more anxiety to hold in feelings or emotions. And so yeah. I'm definitely like the type of person who just will flat out say that. And I feel, um, particularly in dating, I, you need to do like an elevator pitch of yourself where it's like, listen, I don't drink. So I'm not going to go bar hopping with you. If you're a bar mm-hmm. hopper person, you're going to be really disappointed with me. If right. you like remodeling, your house or um, binge watching uh, Love After Lockup or talking about podcasts, listen, if you want to press play on the same podcast at the same time while we run at the gym, I'm your girl. But like, you know, here's my shortcomings.
1: <clears throat> Sometimes
0: I get really sad <laughs> and like... <laughs> You know, I just think that that's yeah. like the best policy to do it. Yeah, it's
1: like all about communication. Yeah, that's, g- that's, that's what it's about.
0: Give the other person the best uh, user manual that you can for yourself.
1: <laughs> I should. Oh man, I should totally write a user manual. Oh for, my god, for, please do. I should do that. Yeah, and I'll I'll give you credit in the uh, in the linear notes. But uh, I, yeah, I should, I should write a manual.
0: I would love it if all of our listeners – maybe this is like a fun – especially a lot of the people who listen to this show um, are like journaling types. Like maybe your journaling assignment can be to write a user manual for yourself. I Please work, do that. <laughs> I used to work with this guy uh, named Pickles. That Not his real name, but his nickname – And he was, (laughs) I would
1: hope not, but go ahead. Yeah.
0: He was a nice young guy and he was, um, about to move in with his girlfriend. It was their first time ever living with someone else, you know, living with each other. And he had type one diabetes. And one day I looked over because he was at his cubicle on his lunch break. I'm like, what are you doing? And he goes, Oh, well, you know, I'm moving in with my girlfriend and I'm just making like a PowerPoint about my diabetes Um, just so she has a better understanding before we live together on like how it affects my life and and what it is and I was like I was like man he made a
1: powerpoint he
0: he made a powerpoint he's like yeah my my girlfriend and I do that a lot sometimes like if we have an argument instead of like if we disagree on something instead of having an argument we'll make powerpoints just to be like and I was like, I honest, I like loved it. He's like, yeah, like she used to complain that I always picked the movies when we went out to the movies. But then I did a PowerPoint with some charts that showed like, yeah, I pick the movies we go out to see, but we spend more time watching things at home and you pick it 80% of the time at home. <laughs>
1: Now, sweetie, if, if if you turn to slide five here, you'll see the progression of uh, the ratio between what I spend on the days versus what you spend when we go out and you, it's on your bill. And you see that I am – wow, that's just, that's just that's ridiculous. Yeah. But if it works, I guess it works. But I just – who's got the time to do that? Well,
0: you do it at your desk job, so you're getting paid while you do it is what I learned. Oh, I wouldn't oh, do God. that in my free time no. because – outside of work, I'm too busy producing all this glorious content. But, um, exactly. If I had a desk job, yeah, I might fuck around, make a PowerPoint.
1: God, I just, oh, that, well, kudos to you. Kudos to that guy and his lady uh i just no i couldn't do that i i'm I'd, I'd rather just you know what hey i'm i'm calling you cuz we got to talk about this and i don't have time to make a presentation about it if you want a presentation we'll have an in person conversation because i'm nothing if not a uh, performer there we go <laughs> <laughs> so this is we've learned a lot this episode yeah, so much
0: make a phone call instead of text give people a user manual
1: and it doesn't have to be a long phone call. It's just, you know, my phone calls are not long. They're certainly not eight hours. That's yeah. fine if they are. But my my mine are straight and to the point, you know?
0: Yeah. Mine hey mine usually are except for when I call listeners um, or people that I met on Twitter.
1: Cause oh, well, there you go. <laughs>
0: that's my life is that I get text messages from people being like, hey, call me. I'm about to smoke a joint at a park. And I'm like, I guess I'm not doing anything right now. I'll call you. <laughs>
1: Oh, you got to be careful with that.
0: I know. I have, I have very uh, light boundaries. Um, it's not like every day, but every once in a while.
1: Um, <laughs> it seems like there's probably a lot of sifting through a lot of garbage.
0: Um. No, I. Everyone who contacts me, uh, like from the podcast fam, is actually like really cool.
1: Um, okay. Good. Good. Yeah. I do not know if you were getting like just messages you really don't want.
0: No, fortunately, my personality is such that I don't get people hitting on me. Um, and it's mostly just like cool, uh, open-minded people who want to talk about shit. Um, and a lot of like, a lot of like hot young chicks. That's like the main demographic for this show. Well, there you are. Is like, yeah, it's just like beautiful young women doing cool stuff with their lives. And, uh, I don't know how I got so lucky, but that is my, that is my (laughs) demographic.
1: (laughs) Oh man, I don't you'll have to let me know what that's like. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully now we'll have some
0: crossover listeners. That's
1: That would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um all right. Well, uh, at the end of the show we just tell everyone to have a happy hump day.
1: Have a happy hump day.